Sister Pastor Caroline Knowles sends her greetings to you today. She is with the confirmation class. They're wrapping up a confirmation retreat down on some Knoll family property out of Wortham, Texas, which is just north of Mahayer, if you know what I'm talking about. If not, it's Mahaya, and for you Yankees don't know anything about how to talk Texan, it's Mexia, okay? But they are down there. Uh, let's keep them very much in our prayers as they make their way back home this afternoon, that they may travel in safety. Uh, but today, even in this hour, as we are gathered here, they are gathered in worship with the congregation at the First United Methodist Church in Mahaya, and not in Mahaya, in Wortham, and they are worship leaders there today this confirmation class. So we praise God for that. Filling in for Caroline, though, is a very popular children's sermon moment time uh, leader, and that is Jim Ward. So Jim, come forward, and we invite the children to come forward and meet with Jim at this time. So give somebody a high five. Way to get to church today. Boom. Boom. Good job getting to church. All right, we're going to pull the audience, all right? And so you guys can vote too, all right? So we're going to ask you what your favorite subject is. So you guys start thinking about it. I'm going to give you a bunch of choices. All right, so audience, you can participate. Just raise your hand for us. Help us out. So when you guys are in school or were in school, how many people, raise your hand if your favorite subject was language arts or English, reading and writing? Anybody? Oh, we got a few out there. <laughs> a couple. I was kind of confused. I like to read, but I didn't. I didn't think I was very good at it. And I, you like it, okay? All right. How many of you? We skipped this in first service, so I'm gonna get this one right off the bat. Fine arts. You liked your music and your art. Oh, look at all of them out there. You guys like to paint and sing. We do a great job of that here. All right. How many of you guys like the physical ed? PE. Recess. Anybody? Yeah, we got to get those guys in. There. there we are. There we go. All right. We may get a few hands here. I'm not sure. What about math? Oh, there's some crazy people. I see one kind of doing this. We're not really sure. Yeah. Math is fun, playing with numbers. All right. You like math? Oh, you don't like math. Well, there's, there's a lot of those hands out there, too. All right, last one. How many of you guys like the sciences? Like science? Oh, yeah, that's me. That's me. There we go. Oh, we're going to stand for science. All right, go. We're standing for science. All right. All right. So I did a science experiment last night, and I want to show it to you. But I promised Miss Caroline we'd talk about the Holy Spirit as well. All right, so we've got to <laughs> knock that out too. Right? So now, I don't know everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit. But what I do know is Miss Caroline has a lot of trust and faith in the Holy Spirit if she asks me to talk to you guys about it. So that I do know. All right, so let me ask you some questions about the Holy Spirit, see what we know. How many of you guys have heard of the Holy Spirit? Heard it? Yeah, we've heard of it. We've heard people say you got the Holy Spirit inside you, right? How many of you guys have seen the Holy Spirit? Yeah, no hands are going up, right? So we don't really see it. So how do we talk about something that we haven't seen? So let me ask you another question. How many of you guys have heard of uh, something called a brain inside of you? You heard of your brain? Point to where you think your brain's at. Yeah, so how many of you have actually seen your brain? No one? Okay. You can't see your brain. That's right. How many of you know about this thing called a heart inside of you? 
All right, point to where you think your heart's at. Right here. How many of you guys have actually seen your heart? No, but it's inside it. But sometimes we can see your brain and heart because maybe you make a good grade on your test and that shows your brain. Or you solved a problem. Or you came up with an answer to a solution on your own. Or maybe we can see your heart because you did something nice to somebody else. So how can we see the Holy Spirit? Well, I got a little science experiment I did. I want to show it to you guys real quick. All right, so this is the first step of the science experiment. It's flour, right? So I took my so I took my pocket knife yesterday. I took another one, and I cut right down this stem about halfway down and split it in two, right? So it's still attached to the flower. And I took a, what do normal people do with flowers? You put them in water, right? Okay, so I'm not quite normal, all right? So here's what I did. All right, so I took a test tube, and I put water in it with blue food coloring. And I took another test tube. You know this one. Good, good. You guys raise your hand on science. And I took another test tube with red food coloring. And since the stem was split, I put it in the two at the same time. All right, so here's what I came up with. All right, so this one's been sitting. So I had to wrap it with saran wrap to keep us from getting food coloring everywhere. So see the blue and the red stem? All right, now look at the flower. All right, so somebody tell, all right, all right tell, tell us what the flower looks like. It looks like it's blue and red underneath it. So some of the petals are starting to turn red and blue. Now, can we see the water inside the flower? No, but if we add a little food color, and then our eyes can see it. So this reminds me of the Holy Spirit, because you can't really see the Holy Spirit inside you, but if you surround yourself with the right things, then maybe we can start to see that Holy Spirit and so what do you guys think are some things that we can do in which allows people to see the Holy Spirit? The xylem tubes did take up all the water. Oh. And the phloem took the sugar right down. All right. So what are some things we can do that people can see the Holy Spirit? Oh, you can pray. That is an awesome answer. What do you think, be kind and nice to other people. Oh, help people who maybe can't help themselves with a certain task. Oh, I think we've heard that a lot in church. Do unto others as you want to be true. The golden rule. One more. Oh, we can help people that have a handicap of some kind. Right? Those are all excellent ways that we can see the Holy Spirit. Yes, we can always help other people. So I think you guys have seen the Holy Spirit. We just see it through our actions and through our kindness to others. So you guys ready to pray? Everybody grab a hand. Dear God, thank you for our school and our favorite subject. Thank you for our family, our church, and our Sunday school. We ask you help us to see the Holy Spirit. in other people, and let them see it in us. Amen. You guys have a good week. Amen. Thank you for that good word, Jim. Thank you so much.
We need to be more open to seeing the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives each and every day. Our scripture lesson for today comes from the 20th chapter of John, verses 24 through 25. Hear now the word of God. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the marks of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please, may I pray for us. In the vast deep darkness while God was creating the world, the spirit of the living God hovered over the waters. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us today. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, dear Lord, our strength and our redeemer. These things we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, you guys. Good morning, saints, as always. Um, this morning when I gave uh, the sermon at the 830 service, I told them what my motivation was and the reason why I wrote my sermon. And I just got deer in the headlight looks this morning. I'm almost scared to tell y'all why I wrote the sermon. <laughs> That I wrote, they didn't got in my head, like, what is this girl talking about? Well, I'm going to have to tell you anyway, because this is the only introduction I got for my sermon. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the reason why I wrote the sermon that we are about to experience today. Um, I learned in my moral theology class at Perkins that 60% of all women, no matter the race or class, When they go to graduate school, they experience some form of pacing. And my last year at Perkins, guess what? I realized that I'm a part of the majority, and that was not a good thing to realize. And the sad part about it is um, I hope that my daughter does not ever experience that. I hope she's the 40% that does not go through some type of hazing process when she goes to graduate school next year. So I'm being very prayerful that my child is um, looked over when it comes to that. But when I realized that I was, you know, haze, you know, even though I got a great grade in the class, the teacher didn't have to do what the teacher did to get the work and the fruit that the teacher wanted. We got to learn how to correct and love. (laughs) We really do. Because the results of my experience made me so angry that I could literally feel the rage just resonating off of me. I mean, really, I could feel it resonating off of me. And it got to the point to where I needed to calm down. And so because I was angry in that way, I just had to focus on God. And the way that I was able to focus on God was to 
do the word study that went with the passage of scripture for today. So right now we're in the second Sunday of Easter and we are looking at the pericope for today. And the pericope for today is actually uh, Matthew chapter 20 verses 19 through 31. And we're dealing with a lot of information in this snapshot, in this gospel narrative. And in this gospel narrative, you have the disciples in the upper room, locked behind closed doors, scared in fear of the Jews. Because, you know, they just watched their, their best friend die, their Lord, their Savior, their brother. They're dealing with Jesus' death and they are afraid for their lives as well. So one day at the beginning of the week, guess what? Behind closed doors, who comes in? Y'all don't know? Okay, so let me ask the question again. At the beginning of the week, behind closed doors, who comes in? Jesus. That's right. Jesus comes in and Jesus says, peace be unto you. And they're like, ah, what's up, Jesus? Woo! It's you. We saw you die. You was dead. You know, they was crunk. They rejoiced. So, you know, they happy to see Jesus. And Jesus says it again. Peace be with you. And they was like, all right then, Jesus. But he continues to talk and have fellowship with them. And the information that he imparts is very important. Jesus says, you know, just, be, just like I am a disciple of God, Peter and all of y'all, all of y'all, y'all are my disciples. And I've trained you three years for this hard work. And he continues to talk to the disciples and tell them, you know, um, I'm going to give you these rights and these responsibilities as members of a royal priesthood and the power that I'm going to give you. It will be reflected not only in your life, but also in the life of the church as well. It was like Jesus was ordaining his disciples. It was like Jesus was knighting them to be knights of a royal priesthood where they serve the king of the universe. I mean, that's just how I see it. But the thing that is amazing is, is all this wonderful stuff was was going down as soon as Christ gives out the rights and responsibilities to his disciples. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathes the Holy Spirit on him. And I'm just like, okay, uh, how do you breathe the Holy Spirit into people? <laughs> I was like, I wish I could go back in time and, and look and see how Christ actually breathed the Holy Spirit in and upon people. I mean, does, would Jesus breathe the Holy Spirit into people like a fire coming out of a dragon's mouth? Like, <sighs> Let me put some fire on you. I mean, would Jesus do it like that? Or would Jesus just blow the Holy Spirit into somebody like you're blowing somebody a kiss? Like, you know, you just you just never know. But the fact of the matter is, when Jesus 
breathed the Holy Spirit into the disciples. He gave them the ability to communicate with God and know when God is talking to them. And that same gift, that same superhero ability that Jesus gave the disciples, guess what? We have it too. In fact, being able to communicate with God, I believe, is a universal Christian superhero power. Now, even though all that stuff is wonderful and all that stuff happened, one of the 12 wasn't there. Thomas wasn't there. When Thomas got back, his friend says, hey, we've seen the Lord, dude. The Lord is alive. And Thomas is like, unless I stick my finger in the hole in his hand, unless I put my hand in the gash at his side, I'm just not going to believe because I saw Jesus die. I saw what they did to his body after he hung on the cross. I saw it. I seen that empty grave. I still don't believe unless I do what? Put my hands in the hole in his hand and the gash at his side. I'm not going to believe. But eight days later, Thomas' doubts were put to rest. And the way that Thomas's doubts was put to rest, they were put to rest for good. So Jesus appears to him again and he goes directly to Thomas and he says, you know what? Put your finger right here in the hole in my hand. Put your hand right here in the gash in my side. Stop doubting and start believing. And what Thomas says next is something that is very important for us as Christians. Thomas says, you are the Lord of me and you are the God of me. He professed something that we need to profess continually. Thomas said that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And he also professed Jesus as part of the Godhead. But Jesus tells Thomas, you know what, don't, you you believe because you're seeing this firsthand. But blessed are those who have not ever seen me or ever talked to me or ever, or, or, or have ever touched me. Blessed are those who believe. So I know what you're thinking. You did a very, very good job at presenting a narrative on the pericope for today. But, but, you know, it's like, Dina, okay, what does all this have to do with us being Easter Resurrection Sunday Christians in a Good Friday world? Because we're living in a Good Friday world, don't we, church? The world is falling. It seems like the world is falling apart all around us. We're always complaining about something. Something's always being reported in the news that's not good and it's bad. I mean, we're just surrounded by misery everywhere we go. And it's hard to deal with that sometimes. But what I've learned is, as sure as there is God, there is hope. There is hope. So... Because of who we serve and when we're in those times of uncertainty, I want for us to receive will power. Like Jesus said in verse 22, receive the Holy Spirit. 
When we receive the Holy Spirit, we are sanctioned by God to do the work that we have been called to do. We are assured of the love of God and Jesus Christ when we receive the Holy Spirit. We are able to meet and exceed our own expectations. We are able to become a member of a royal priesthood when we receive the Holy Spirit. And when we receive the Holy Spirit... It's always a joyful experience. I don't know about y'all, but when I receive the Holy Spirit, I get joy in my heart. Do y'all get joy in your heart? See, see, this was happening this morning. We, okay, let me hear you say joy. Ah, we got to do it again. Let me hear you say joy. Yes, when we receive the Holy Spirit, that is the emotion that we experience. From God. So as we receive the Holy Spirit, we can discern God's will for our lives. And that is a life changing experience when you can expand your understanding of God to where you realize that you, this individual, that baby right there is part of God's master plan. That is life-changing. That is empowering. And that gives us the street credit that we need to go out and transform lives for Jesus Christ. So as we receive the Holy Spirit and we discern God's will for our lives, we have access to the power of God. Amen. We have access to the power of God to live into the hope that the resurrection brings so that we can always be joyful. Christian Easter Sunday Christians in a good Friday world. Like I said earlier, you know, the world is hard and it can be unfair and we can have those doubting Thomas moments in our lives because I had them when I was younger and now that I'm in my 40s I have them a little bit less and as I grow in grace with God and age I hope I have them a little bit less even still Lord willing but I want y'all to remember that when we have those times where we're feeling angry or depressed, we need to remember to pray and receive willpower when we are confused or overwhelmed or don't know what to do in our lives. We need to pray and receive willpower when we're starting all over and not knowing what the future holds. We need to pray and receive willpower when we're having those doubting Thomas moments in our lives. Pray and receive willpower. So turn to your neighbor and say, when you're doubting Thomas, receive willpower. Okay, we're going to do it one more time. This time I'm going to say it to Clay. When you're doubting Thomas, Receive willpower. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, receive willpower. Amen. Amen.